Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Happy Canada Day, folks. I am your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show while you're at it at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a rating and a comment as well. And uh, I'm going to be hosting a giveaway once I receive 100 reviews. So get those reviews in and let's win some prizes, people. Okay, so today should be one of the best days on the hockey calendar. It should be the free agent frenzy. And it's on, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. It's part of my Canada Day tradition where I just sit there and I watch, you know, the TSN free agent frenzy, you know, hosted by Duthie, Bobby Mack, LeBron. All the boys are in there. And it's kind of the final send off of hockey for the summer. And I just, I, I, I adore it so much. And. We don't get it this year. You know, it's one of the many things that COVID has robbed us of is getting to watch this free agent frenzy. It's going to happen eventually. Don't get me wrong. Uh, It's going to happen once the season's over, once we get a season. (laughs) And that's basically what we're going to be talking about today. So there are some some legitimate updates on the NHL's return to play. um, How now it's it, it seems like the return to play is more so being linked to a CBA agreement as opposed to uh, health concerns due to COVID. So we'll touch on that. Uh, Since today is supposed to be free agent frenzy, I thought it'd be a good chance to take a look at the upcoming uh, UFAs that the Leafs have and see who they're going to be able to stick around and and, and who they're probably going to let walk. Uh, So we'll we'll talk about them. And then also, this is the two-year anniversary of the signing of John Tavares. Our captain, Johnny T, coming home. Pajama boy, as he was called by a lot of Islanders fans. And that was a great day. Great day for Leaf fans. And probably the best free agent signing that this franchise, this organization, has ever made. But there's a lot more that are worse than that. And that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the top five worst free agent signings from the Maple Leafs because that list is a lot longer and a lot spicier. So we'll get into that as well in the in uh, a little bit later in the show. But first, I do want to update you guys on what is going on in the NHL because we do have some news. Um, last night, Bob McKenzie went on an absolute tweeting spree and really has been for the last 48 hours basically talking about what needs to happen in the NHL for us to return to play. So... Um, so what I was talking about earlier is is it seems like at some point, I don't know when this narrative changed, but at some point behind the scenes, the negotiations to get hockey back this year kind of switched from um, being worried about health risks and COVID, and now it seems like all the conversation is regarding whether or not they can get a new CBA extension dealt with, signed, before they, they return to play. Because that, that you know that's really important because then that kind of gives everybody uh, an idea of what to expect financially over the next few seasons in the NHL. So that entails a few things. Um, there's going to be a flat cap for the next three seasons. So the cap, uh, what we're currently at right now, the eighty-one and a half million. That's what we're going to be at for the next three seasons, and that's going to hurt the Leafs who. We're expecting the cap to keep increasing like it has in the last five, six years. 
And now we're going to get a flat cap for the next few years until, you know, the economy picks back up. And now you're looking around and, you know, you assume, okay, when you sign Matthews to this massive, you know, uh, $12 million deal, when, when, you know, Marner signs an $11 million deal, Nylander $7 million, you know, you figure, okay, these will look better in time because inflation is going to bring the cap up. Which, and so the cap percentage is going to go down, which will allocate more funds to go out and re-sign your, your Rileys and your Andersons and your Hymans for when those guys' contracts come up. Uh, so that's going to be a struggle, I think, for the Leafs. Um, you know, it's going to be a struggle for everyone. Don't get me wrong. You know, everyone's in the same boat. It's not like the Leafs are, are handicapped. It's just the way that I don't think any, you know, nobody foresaw this coming, right? Like you, Kyle Dubas, when he went out, and, you know, he said, you know, we can and we will sign the big four. He went out and got Johnny T. Ended up getting Austin Matthews link, locked up. Mitch Marner got his contract. William Nylander got his contract. They're all locked up, and somehow we were able to get under the cap, had to do some maneuverings, trade away some pieces, uh, do some some funky IR, LTIR stuff with the cap, and found some loopholes, but they got under the cap. Going forward, though, you know, those LTIR loopholes are kind of tough to get because, you know, those contracts are starting to expire. Both Clarkson and Horton's contracts expire this season. They're done. So you can't use that as, as leverage to go above the cap so much in the offseason, only to put them on LTIR. You can't do that. You're going to have to try and go out and find a, another source to do that or find a different loophole. Now, the Leafs are amazing at exploiting the game, so... I have no, I have complete faith that they'll be able to find the next loophole, um, but it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting this whole flat cap uh, and to see how the league maneuvers around it because, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a process for everybody. Um, all right, another thing that of, of note, guys, I mentioned it in my podcast last week. I think Toronto. I said Toronto seems like a great spot to be a a hub city for the NHL playoffs. And the latest reports have it saying that it doesn't look like Vegas is going to be a viable option anymore due to the COVID concerns happening all over the United States. And now the latest report says that it looks like both hub cities are going to be in Canada and it's looking to be Edmonton and Toronto. So have your east and your west. It'll be good for the time zones, Um, you know, both of these cities have really good facilities. You know, Edmonton just got themselves a new rink, so they got top-of-the-line facilities. Uh, you know, they're they're a big metropolis city, so they're obviously they have the space to, to house, you know, 8, 16 teams, um, or however, what is it, uh, 12 teams, I guess. 12 teams <clears throat> for the qualifying and playoff rounds. Toronto, we obviously know Toronto, one of the, you know, the biggest city in the country. Now the they you know MLSC can dump in as much money as they want to get whatever improvements that they want. You know there's tons and tons of of um, options whether or not they want to play at, at Coca-Cola Coliseum. They could play at the Mastercard Center. They could play obviously at the uh, at the Scotiabank Arena, almost at ACC. <laughs> uh, so Toronto, I think, as I have, I've always thought it was a good idea. Um, and it looks like it's going to come to fruition. So that's one thing. Another thing, 
involved in the CBA negotiations. And this is this is big. I love it. I really, really do. It seems like something that is on the table now. For the first time in a while, it seems like the NHL and the NHLPA are discussing about getting an honest attempt to get the NHL back to the Olympics. And that seems to be included in this agreement. So with that being back on the table, this is a good thing for hockey. I, I was never a fan of them not going in 2018 to Pyeongchang. I, I, I didn't understand why. It made no sense to me. The Olympics is such a grand stage. And for a sport like hockey, who's so, you know, they're not, they're not just, you know, I don't want to say it's a niche market, but really they just have their pockets. And when you go to the Olympics and you showcase best on best, that is a chance to get A, new eyes, and B, new fans, which means more money for your sport. The biggest reason why the NBA is so popular is because of the great things that they've done. A, they have a lot of internationals playing for them from a lot of different countries. That's one thing, obviously, that's going to grow it. But the other thing is, you know, they're, they have a really big presence in China, and that's a lot of money over there that's being pumped into the NBA product. The NHL is not there yet. They want to get there. You know, they're playing games over there to try and to try and get it done. And they don't have that superstar uh, Asian player quite yet. Kind of like Yao Ming for NBA and, and what Yao Ming did for, for the international growth of the NBA because of China. Um, the NHL just doesn't have that superstar yet. They don't have that guy coming over from Africa. I know they, they have some English players that are starting to, to, to get going. You know, obviously you got... Your Scandinavians, Russia, you know, your Europeans are, are big into hockey. But the Asian market has yet to get tapped into. And I think the Olympics is the biggest and best way to try and tap into that market. And I just want to see best on best tournaments. <laughs> like, I want to see Sidney Crosby, Conor McDavid, and Nathan McKinnon all on the same team. Like, I just, I, I want to see it. Like, I want to see what a line looks like with McDavid, Marner, and some other huge, like Tavares. Let's say Tavares, just because you, you, we know that, you know, Tavares has the amazing connection with Marner. You toss McDavid on that line, or even I, if Lafreniere's ready to go by then, possibly, might be too young, but you never know. By 2022, he could be a phenom. I just I'm really excited uh, if if Olympic hockey does end up back on the docket and they do end up getting this done. But uh, as far as the return to play goes, it seems like it's all systems go and they're just, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's and they're going to vote on ratifying the new CBA extension, which is supposed to extend it from 2022 to 2026. So that gives a good window of five years of what teams can look forward to. Five years. So, um, once it gets ratified, I'm sure there'll be a lot more coverage on it. There'll be a lot, you know, people will be able to dig into it a little bit, and there'll be more information, like the little subtle things that that we can pull from it that I'll I'll, I'll talk about and we'll we'll discuss on the show. But those are the biggest things that I think um, I've pulled out of these negotiations so far, 
and what it kind of means for the league and what it, what it'll mean for the Leafs. But I believe that we are going to get hockey because at this point it seems like they want to get it done. Both the league and the players, they want to play. We want to watch. Advertisers want to pay. We just need everyone to sign off on it. I, we're at that point now. We just need the NHLPA to ratify these agreements and put the final touches on it and sign off, and away we go. And hopefully we start getting training camps the next next two weeks. We should start training camps. I think, what, J- July 10th was the proposed date to start training camp? So, you know, 10 days. Hopefully we get to see players on the ice, and we get, we, we get to, to, to move on to Phase 3 and really get, get ready to go for this playoff run. I'm excited. Super excited, guys. Today is a good day. It's not only Canada's birthday, but it's also a good sign that we will, in fact, get hockey back in the year 2020. We're going to finish the season. I'm confident of it now. I was a little skeptical when we had a bunch of reports popping up a couple weeks ago. But I, I think I'm officially ready to say we're getting it. Ready to go. All right, let me tell you guys a little bit about Rock Auto. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part consumers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily drive... Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, now that we know or believe that we're going to get hockey, we can start looking past it and look at who the least free agents are going to be. Because today, technically, all of these contracts would have expired at noon today. Every single one of these that I'm talking about. And I'm going to go through them. The UFAs, the major UFAs on this team. And talk about whether or not I believe that they're going to get re-signed or come back or if the Leafs are going to walk. So the first guy I want to talk about is Tyson Berry. And I want to talk about him because he's probably the most controversial player. Because when Berry got traded to Toronto, this was massive. This was something that we all thought was going to be the piece that kind of puts the Leafs into Stanley Cup consideration. Because Tyson Berry was that coveted right-hand shot puck-moving defenseman that the Leafs have wanted for years but for whatever reason, Tyson Berry has not been what we expected him to be. He's been okay. He's shown flashes. He's had a couple of really good games. But he has not been the guy who I believe will try and command 6 or $7 million on the open market. I'm not willing to pay that. And I already talked about how the flat cap is kind of hurting the Leafs already. You can't go out and spend $6 million on a guy like Tyson Berry who seemingly just doesn't fit what's going on in Toronto or wants out of Toronto and just isn't playing up to the standards that we hold him to. 
So even though maybe he was sheltered in, in Colorado and he was touted better as, as he really is because his points were so much higher because he was playing, you know, first power play minutes, logging, you know, extreme ice times with, with McKinnon and and uh, Rantanen, Landeskog, and, and those guys. But in Toronto, he just seems to really struggle, especially in his own end. He's like a, almost like a turnstile the second a rush happens. And I'm not sure I'm willing to pay Barry what he's going to command. You know, I, I think you look back to what happened with with Jake Gardner last season and the fact that the Leafs decided to move on from him. Uh, even though, even late into the season, he was a really cheap contract that the Leafs could have brought back and still decided against it. I know there were some injury concerns, which might have had something to do with it, but, you know, it's just Tyson Berry well, didn't come as advertised, and I don't think that the Leafs are willing to uh, to give him another shot on a, on a long-term deal. And I doubt Barry's going to take anything short-term. So, especially with the way that the economy is right now, knowing that there's going to be a flat cap and, you know, he came off a bad season. What if he has another one that's two years in a row now and then he goes to free agency next year, doesn't get anything. So, I think there'll be a market for Barry, you know, right-shot defenseman. He, you know, in the past when he was with Colorado, he was... He looked to be a top-pairing guy, you know, not a, a super defensive stud, but at least somebody who can move the puck and and help a team win. It just didn't click here in Toronto for whatever reason. So I think Barry is going to walk as a free agent, and, uh, and the Leafs will save some cap space there. Number two, sticking on the blue line, uh, Cody Ceci. Not going to spend much time here because Cody Ceci's gone. There's no freaking way that the Leafs are going to re-up Cody Ceci. Uh, this, again, just like Barry, failed experiment. Unlike Barry, there wasn't really sky-high expectations. I don't think anybody expected for, for Ceci to to kind of become a, a top-pairing guy or even a top-four guy. They just you know assumed, okay, we'll throw him on the third pair uh, if... If he becomes the talent that he's projected to be when he went in the first round, if you know a few years ago, then cool, we we got a piece out of the Zaitsev trade. But uh, it did not happen. Uh, he had far, far more terrible nights than he did even half decent nights. So Cody CC, honestly, might might not be in the NHL next season. He might have to uh, take a tour in the AHL, maybe rebuild his game. He just wasn't, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. For me, CC didn't didn't cut it. And the Leafs don't really have a great blue line as is. And for him not to be able to step up and take on a, a, an identity or a certain role says something about his game. So I, I, don't, I don't see CC coming back. Uh, Jason Spezza. This will be an interesting one because he started the season off on a really bad foot with with Babcock. You know, if you recall, missed you know opening night against his former team, the Ottawa Senators, in his hometown, Toronto, a chance to wear the Maple Leaf, play his old team, and Babcock sits him out. Healthy scratch. Well, uh, he's got some things to learn on the penalty kill, and uh, are you kidding me, Babs? Come on. So things got off to, to a rocky start with Spezza here in Toronto. But then when the coaching change happened, he got 
a lot longer of a leash, and he became a, a regular fixture in the Leafs lineup for under Shelton Keith. So I could see them, and I could see Spezza being into it as well. You know, a cheap one-year deal, let's go, let's do it once more. I think Spezza's at a, at a point in his career where he doesn't have a cup, and the Leafs going forward have such a strong team that, you know, if they keep progressing, they they are cup contenders. And if he can sign for a cheap deal to stay under the cap and just be a, a solid fourth-line center who can kind of play up and down your lineup if needed, you know, he can he can do shootouts for you. He can play on the power play if needed. You know, I like Jason Spezza. In the room, he's an amazing guy. You know, I've heard that he's basically, it's it's like having another coach out there on the ice. He's so knowledgeable about the game. So <clears throat> if you can sign Spezza to a cheap one-year deal, you know, a million or under, I think he does it. I think the Leafs do it. It's worth it. I think Spezza comes back. Kyle Clifford. Coming in the deal from L.A. along with Jack Campbell for, what was it, Trevor Moore. It was Trevor Moore, a third that could become a second. And I think there was something else in the deal as well. You know, Kyle Clifford, um, he's a local guy. Uh, he brings that sandpaper that the Leafs have needed for a little bit. He's, he's played well while he's been out there. A good leadership guy. He's won it. He knows what it takes to win. I think he's going to I think for Clifford it's going to depend on what happens here in the playoffs. I don't think I'm ready to sign off on whether or not I believe Clifford is going to stay or going to walk. I think if he has a really good playoff and the Leafs feel like he can be a a, a solid contributor and a full season with Kyle Clifford as a shutdown guy, you know, throw him out there on the fourth line, you know, he could bang the body. He might be he might be a worthy player to keep if he's going to be cheap enough I just don't know if he's going to be though you know as a guy who's made you know under two million dollars his whole career and he's got a couple cups maybe he'll just go to where the money is and maybe there's another team out there that has the cap space that can pay for that type of leadership that the Leafs just don't have the ability to do they would love to have his leadership in the locker room they would love to have him out there and have him playing, you know, 12, 13 minutes a night and be serviceable in, in the role that he serves. I just don't know if he's going to be willing to take a bit of a pay cut to stay in Toronto knowing that he's already have had cups and he could probably get a bigger deal and a more longer-term deal elsewhere. So I'm still on the fence about Kyle Clifford, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, the last notable guy whose contract would have expired today is Ilya Mikheyev. Um, RFA, though, so we're not use, losing him to, to a UFA. So Mikheyev is, is definitely going to be re-signed. I, this was a great, great signing last year out of Russia for Kyle Dubas. Um, I, I think when I look at the numbers, I just don't know. If, if I'm trying to think about a comparable for a contract, it's tough, right? Because... He only ended up playing about half the season, and then he got his wrist cut by the skate, and he missed the whole year. And it, it looks like he'll be back when the playoffs start, which is going to be great. So we may have to kind of see how he does when he returns and see if he can make the same type of impact in the playoffs as he was doing early on in the regular season. Um, but regardless, I think this is a guy who I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay probably two and a half to three million. 
uh, on a two or three year deal and kind of see what he's all about because this is somebody who I think could play in your middle six if there's an injury you know he's he's, he's a puck hound he could kind of play kind of like that Zach Hyman esh ask uh, role if you need somebody to, who who wants to go into the corners can play with some speed he can also score a little bit he's got some some intangibles I I, I would be willing to to pay a decent amount to keep Ilya Mikheyev now he's an RFA so you might not even have to pay that much you know he may even deal do like a two-year four million dollar deal or two-year five million with a two and a half AAV I think that would be that'd be well worth it for a guy who only has about 40 or so games in the NHL. All right. Uh, one thing to note also is that Clarkson and Horton off the books. They are finally off the books. Uh, Clarkson signed his massive contract long ago. And that was probably the worst contract signing by the Leafs all time. And then he got traded and then he was traded again to Vegas, and then this summer traded back to Toronto to end his career here with the Leafs. Um, well, not to end his career with the Leafs. There was there was benefit for Toronto, trust me, to take on that contract. They were able to do some cap finagling by bringing on another LTIR deal. So, you know, it's not like they were doing a favor for Clarkson. But regardless, you know, he's done. His career is over. His, his contract is done, at least. Um and yeah, he can't play anymore anyway. So I guess his career is over and he can officially retire. And uh, I'll be interested to see if they can try and find another deal out there. And maybe that's for another podcast. Try and look and, and see if we can find another Clarkson or Nathan Horton-esque deal that they could trade for to try and finagle their cap. So we'll see. We'll see about that. We'll see what happens. All right, so I think we're actually going to have to wrap it up here and push the top five worst free agent frenzy signings of the cap era to tomorrow's show. So I'll get another show out for you guys. Maybe I'll couple it and do it best, best and worst free agent signings from the Leafs over the last uh, 15 years or so. Uh, okay, so that's going to do it for us today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where me and four of the Locked On hosts discuss the latest news around the entire league. As for this show, once again, I'll be back tomorrow for another episode for you, a free agent frenzy episode detailing my top five best and worst Leafs contracts uh, on free agent frenzy over the last 15 years in the cap era. You won't want to miss it. Obviously, David Clarkson is going to be on there, but who are going to be the remaining four? Who are the best signings? Obviously, Tavares is going to be on there, but who are going to be the other four? Have to tune in tomorrow to check it out. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.